Well, good morning. My name is Bobby Cullen. I'm one of the executive pastors here, and it's my joy and privilege to share with you this morning. Just to give you a little update on our lead pastor, Frank Briggs, uh, many of you know that he's been dealing with health issues um, after having treatment for cancer in the fall, and now he's dealing with some complications, but he's doing much better. Every day is an improvement, so it's getting us closer to the time where he'll be able to come back and join us. I know he's just going stir-crazy at his house uh, wanting to be with us, so uh, I know that we, we celebrate the day that's coming, but we also want him to be healthy and not rush into it. We also want to continue to pray for his wife, Chrissy, who's dealing with her own health issues. But again, each one of them are making steps uh, to, to full health, and so we want to continue to lift them up in prayer uh, during their time of recovery. Uh, let us uh, begin now with prayer. A loving God, I pray for Frank and Chris, that you will just be with them, help to continue to heal their bodies. Dear God, I pray that you be with others that are struggling with illness and disease and just pray full healing on them. Dear God, be with those who are suffering. Dear God, be with those who are dealing with loss and hurt. We pray that you will give them peace and comfort. Dear God, give us an awareness of the world that's hurting around us so that we may be expressions of love, expressions of your love and peace to a hurting world. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. From time to time, um, we talk about how we got here. And when I say that, I say, I share with you how I answered the call to go into, into ministry. Uh, I believe that we Christians all have a purpose. We all have a calling. Sometimes it's a, easy to identify that we're quick to be able to say, hey, this is how I'm fulfilling God's call in my life. Other times, it takes a while. It's a struggle. It's a process for people to discover. I've shared with you many times that it's not my preference to be up here preaching. I'm definitely a behind-the-scenes kind of guy. I feel like my gifts are suited for administration uh, and dealing with support kinds of things. So this is an uncomfortable setting for me. But I stand here before you to share a message because I trust that the Lord will provide me with the words to say. I truly believe that God uses our weakness to his greater good. Because the Bible is full of stories of God using the reluctant or the unexpected to lead his people. There are many passages that speak of, to the fact that we all have a part to play, even if we don't want to accept that role that's thrust upon us. That we're all part of the body of Christ. That we're all part of the body that we call the church. Because the church is built with people. We're going to be looking at a passage from 1 Peter. I want you to think about uh, the writer, Peter, and who he is. Um, some of you may be quick to identify that Peter was one of the 12 disciples. He was a follower of Jesus. He knew Jesus. Um, I see Peter as an everyday kind of man. Um, he's like you and me. He's impulsive at times, reflective at other times. He's the one that claimed on the night before Jesus gave himself up for a crucifixion before Jesus gave his life, he was like, Jesus, no matter what happens, I'm going to stand by your side even until death. And then less than 12 hours later, Peter denied that he knew Jesus three different times. I don't know him. I don't know him. So he went from, you know, I'm standing with you to the, to the shadows, to the darkness, to the hiding places. So when I, when I read that about Peter, I think, okay, that's me. 
Because I get enthusiastic about serving God and doing things for God, and I'm there, I'm on fire. But then sometimes that fire fades away, and I I shy away from those things, those big things that God calls me to do. So I know that I can say that I have been like Peter. You may have felt those kinds of experiences as well. You may have gone on a retreat. You may have experienced a message on a Sunday morning and said, I'm going to do this for the Lord. And then quickly it fades. So let's look at Peter and see how Peter gives us words to carry us through when we're experiencing that. We see that Peter's writing to the churches uh, in the area that's mostly Turkey, modern-day Turkey. He's encouraging the believers to persevere, remain faithful in the face of persecution. So the, the, the followers of Jesus are facing those hard times, those times that cause us to fall back into the shadows. And Peter's giving these, these words. In chapter 2, Peter tells them that they are the new temple of God. So we're going to read from this passage in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 10, 4 through 10. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. I invite you to follow along on your Bible app or in your paper Bible. But just listen to what God has to say for us today. You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest. Through the meditation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. As the scriptures say, I'm placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Yes, you who trust him recognize the honor God has given him. But for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And he is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word. And so they meet the fate that was planned out for them. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into this wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, but now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, Now you have received God's mercy. So when we look at verse 4, Peter is talking about Jesus being this living cornerstone of God's temple. And when I read that, I'm reminded uh, that Peter had something to proclaim to Jesus, directly to Jesus. When you look back in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus is talking to his disciples, asking them, who do the people say that I am? And they give some responses. And then Jesus challenges them even further. Who do you say that I am? And Peter, being that impulsive one, stands up and says, he says, who do you say that I am? He says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So Peter responds that he knows who Jesus is. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by by my Father in heaven. And I tell you, Peter, you are the rock, and I will build my church. The gates of Hades will not overcome it. So Jesus identifies Peter as this rock that he will build his church because Peter confessed that Jesus is the Son of God, the Son of the living God. 
As we read in verse 4, Peter says that Jesus is a living stone. He's a choice and precious stone. The Jews rejected Jesus from being the foundational stone upon which their faith would be built. And I think men and women still today reject Jesus as the foundation. Now, Peter writes that Jesus is God's chosen. The stone which the builders rejected had become the chief capstone. All throughout this passage, Peter is identifying Jesus as this stone. He says that he's a living stone, a choice stone, a precious stone, a cornerstone, a rejected stone, a stumbling stone, and a stone that makes them fall. I think Peter is just trying to reinforce to us, to the hearers, that Jesus is that foundation that we all need to stand upon, that rock standard foundation that we can all be a part of. There's a famous story from Sparta. The Spartan king boasted to a visiting dignitary that his walls were virtually impenetrable. The dignitary was astonished that the Spartan king could make such a claim because there were no walls surrounding the city. Where are the walls, he asked. The king pointed to his bodyguard who were disciplined, alert, excellently trained, and prepared to meet the enemy and said, these, he said, these are the walls of Sparta, every man a brick. So verse 5 of this passage says that you are living stones, that God is building into his new temple. So this morning, I want us to think about how Jesus is that foundation, that cornerstone, and that each one of us, believers, followers of Jesus, are stones, living stones, because God is building a spiritual house, a dwelling place. As we reread that scripture, think about what he is telling us. All of us who are believers are God's building blocks. We are living bricks the material that God uses to build his spiritual house. Verse 9 says we will be a holy priesthood of believers or ministers who serve God. We are all called to serve. I want to stop right here. Does that sound intimidating? That we are all called to serve. That you are called. Now, when Peter's talking, he's talking about the people of the church. You are called a royal priesthood. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, no, I'm not. You're thinking, no, uh, Bobby and Dan and Frank, those are the priests here at Lighthouse. We're just the people who sit in the chairs during Sunday service. But I wanted you to be clear that each one of you is called into this royal priesthood. Because I like the way Peter goes on to explain what that means. So if I'm telling you, and Peter is telling you, that each one of you sitting here is part of the royal priesthood, okay, Bobby, what what does that involve? Okay, Peter, what does that involve if I'm part of the royal priesthood? Um, Peter says, as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. Do you hear what Peter says? That we're called to show others what a difference knowing Jesus has made in our lives. I once was in the dark, and now I'm in the light. Now, this sounds like our BDA stories, our before, during, and after stories that we talk about here at Lighthouse. These are the stories that we want you to practice and be familiar with, that as a believer, you need to be prepared to share your stories. It's like this, This is what my life was like before I knew Jesus. I was in darkness. I struggled with these things. But then I came to know Jesus, and I had this transformative experience 
And you can tell what, what that was. And then this is what my life is like after I have known Jesus. And that's what Peter's saying here, that as a royal priesthood, you used to live in the dark, but because of Jesus, you now live in the light. That's part of your calling as being a royal priest, is to know your stories, the why of why you do, uh, why you're a part of the church family. I believe that the more that the church shares these stories, the more the church will grow. Because we've got to get the message out. We all have that responsibility. The church is built on you and me. We are the living stones, the believers that are sharing our stories. And that is the answering of the call to serve. As I look around this room today, I see bricks in God's kingdom. I've seen many of you at functions that we have here at Lighthouse, not just on Sunday morning services. I've seen you serve in children's ministry, in youth ministry, on mission trips. I've seen you serve at big events that we've had with Mighty Machines and the Spectacular. I've seen you be royal priest at those events. I saw you last week when we invited guests to come hear a special message during the football Sunday celebration that we had. Because when you're here at those events as just an ordinary church member and you share your stories with those people that you run into, you are being a royal priest. You are sharing the good news with those who are lost in darkness. You are the living bricks. We are the church. It's not this building that's here on Robertson Road. It's you and me. Each one of you, whether you're young or whether you're old, you are presented opportunities to serve, opportunities to share your stories, because each one of you are called. Each one of you can plug into one or into many ways that our church reaches out to the world through your stories. And I want to challenge you this morning. Think about those ways where you're engaging with those who don't know Jesus. Hopefully, you've seen that we, we try to encourage you to have those experiences in your everyday life whether it's in your workplaces, whether it's in your neighborhoods, but you've got to step up and accept that call to this royal priesthood of serving and sharing our stories. I think that you and I are incomplete as Christians, that, that we're not developing as Christians if we're not willing to step up and answer this call because we need to find our place to serve. And when we do, we are a more robust family. We are a more robust building, a living uh, uh, being for Christ. I'm excited this morning that I get to introduce a new brick in the Lighthouse Fellowship family. Uh, Garrett Gottlob has come to be our new youth director. He and his wife, Christina, are here this morning. I've asked Garrett to come share a little bit about his call and how he has felt the call into youth ministry. So, Garrett, come on forward. As he comes to share, just think about how you can answer the call that's in your life. Thanks, Bobby. So growing up, uh, my parents highly emphasized in the life of myself and my siblings the importance of knowing the stories of the Bible. They taught us the story of Adam and Eve, the story of Noah. You name a story, they taught it to us. Um, we, they even taught us, and I had memorized the names of all 66 books of the Bible before kindergarten. Uh, my dad volunteered as an usher, and it wasn't uncommon for us to spend two or sometimes even three uh, services in Sunday school on a given week. But I, although those were very good things, the negative side of that was I knew a lot about God, but I hadn't experienced a relationship with God myself. 
It wasn't until I experienced some difficult times in my life during high school where I felt like God broke into my life and uh, told me how much he cares about me and how he loves me and wants me to do well. And that, that made a big difference within my life. I wanted, instead of to know more about God, I wanted to spend time with God. I wanted to experience God for myself. And I tried to do that in every moment of my life that I could. A couple years later, I was in a Wednesday night youth group event, and the, tr the topic of the night was about church ministry. And during that night, I felt like God kept prompting me, calling me into uh, ministry and to be a pastor. And at first, to be honest, I pushed back against that call. I, I had always pictured myself being in a mathematical field, doing engineering or something along those lines. People had always told me growing up how good I was with numbers and how that was what I should do with my life. Um, so I had that picture for myself in my mind. The other reason I pushed back was growing up I had a speech impediment. And when your name's Garrett and you can't say your R's and your name sounds like Gawit until you're in the eighth grade, that's not a good start or a good basis for a public speaker, let me tell you. But that being said, like, I kept like God kept prompting me to try to be his voice, even though I felt like Moses, wondering how on earth God was going to make that happen. Um, yet, despite all of this, I felt like God kept reminding me again and again through Luke chapter 12, verse 48, which says, From everyone to whom much has been given, much will be required. And from the one to whom much has been entrusted, even more will be demanded. God was using that scripture to keep prompting me and reminding me that all of those experiences, all those stories I learned, all those Sunday school classes that I attended, and especially the experiences that I had of God's love in my life, that he was wanting me to share that love with others and those around me. And thankfully, as, as I've continued to live into that call, those objections that I have, those have become diminished over time. I realized that I wasn't feeling myself called into being in, in the role of mathematics or engineering, but that was what other people wanted for me instead of what I wanted for myself. My passion for sharing God's love with others and for teaching other people about God is so much greater than my passion for math ever was. Additionally, although I still am not that big of a fan of public speaking, to be honest, God's continued to make that become easier and better over time. And I also realized that my view of what a minister or pastor does is different than what they actually do. Right? We speak in front of groups maybe once a week on Sundays, but besides that and the ins and outs of each day, we're called to be in relationship with others, to get to know them, to hear their story, to speak God's truth into their lives. Being a minister is so much more about relationships than it is about public speaking. And when I realized that, and as I've experienced that, getting to know students better and parents and volunteers, that's been really life-giving for me rather than life-draining. And that's the, that's the cool thing about our calls is God wants us to thrive. He wants us to live to, to be the best people that he created us to be. And thankfully, I get to do that, and I'm really excited to get to do that here at Lighthouse. So I thank you all for that opportunity. All right. Thank you, Garrett. Yes, thank you, Garrett. And many of you know that I'm thankful on multiple levels. <laughs> uh, one of the levels being that I've been filling in as the interim youth director, so I'm happy to share that now with him or turn that over to him. 
but more than that, more than just taking that off my plate, I'm excited because of his passion for Jesus, his passion for building relationships with students and parents and adults so that more people can know the kingdom of God. Garrett is answering the call that God has placed on his life by sharing stories, by building relationships, by sharing the love of others, love of God with others. And so I want us to use that as part of our, our message today, to understand that each one of us can step up and answer that call in whatever way that God places that on our, on our hearts. As I wrap up, I want you to think about these images. Think about these images. A brick is a brick, is a brick. Even if it sits by itself to the side of a building. We are saved by believing in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, not by being a part of a church. So we can be a living stone, a living brick, by accepting Jesus. A brick is a brick is a brick. Even if it's not joined with other bricks. But it's of no benefit to others. When it becomes part of a wall, it's a brick that offers shelter from the cold or strength for support or protection from the wind. A Christian is a Christian is a Christian, even if that person is not active in the body of Christ. But when that individual answers the call and becomes active in the body, here's a Christian that offers shelter from the cold or strength for times of grief, or protection from the evil that afflicts others each and every day. Jesus once suggested how silly it would be to light a lamp and then hide it under a basket. In this church family, I've come to see great lights within the souls of its people. When you have the light, we are called to share that light. At the same time, I can guess that there are others within our church family who are profoundly gifted for service and have been called to, but have chosen to hide their light, to conserve it for other goals and not for kingdom goals. They are still in that pile of bricks, waiting, waiting. Jesus calls us out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. We are called. We can either accept that call or reject it. It's our choice. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for us now that you will just step into our lives in ways that are profound and amazing, that you will show us how we can serve you how we can answer the call so that we can be more than just a pile of bricks, dear God, that we can be that building of shelter and love and care for a hurting world. Dear God, help us to accept the call in our lives through Jesus. Amen.